Greetings, everyone. This is Julio Alvarado Jr. again, your host for my God and You podcast and YouTube channel. This is the introductory episode of the course that I'm offering called Teach the Teacher 2.0. It's a course that is designed to teach a person how to hear the voice of God and not just hear the voice of God, but more importantly, how do you actually learn from God directly. And what I mean by that is most times in prayer, what we do is we talk to God. And much of our educational experiences are through uh, churches, through self-study, you know, reading the Bible and, 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 and you know, great, you know, important things, uh, especially if they haven't improved your life. But one of the struggles that most people have uh, when it comes to Christianity and even in some other forms of spiritual uh, programming that is offered out there in the world that believe in the God of the Bible is that they struggle to hear and not just hear his voice, but more importantly, how again do they learn from him directly? Now, I want to begin this episode by sharing various reasons why some individuals might find it challenging to not just discern or hear the voice of God. And remember, when I talk about the voice of God, I'm talking about discerning his thoughts. That's how God communicates to you intimately within your mind is through thoughts. So when you hear me talk about the voice of God, that's what I'm referring to. Now, understanding these barriers or reasons why some people struggle to hear the voice of God is important because uh, the ones that I'm going to be sharing with you now there's actually 17 of them that I want to share with you. And I, in one way or another, was negatively affected by all 17 of them. You know, some more than others. And these 17 that I'm about to share with you are not all of them. This is just probably the more, what I refer to, the more salient ones. And you might find yourself in this place. But I thought it would be important to begin this series by looking at the problem, you know, and examining why it is that in most cases, more, many of the people that I connect with, the majority of the people have been Christians. Uh, they've been, you know, very loyal to the ministries. They, they pray, they read the Bible, they give, they do all the things that, you know, traditional Christianity teaches you should do, but they don't really, uh, they haven't gotten to the place where they can honestly say, that they hear the voice of God for their own lives. If anything, they rely on their five-fold minister or whoever it is that is instructing them. So I think it's important that we begin with this in order to examine some of the whys as to the reasons why we don't. And also, if you fall under any of these 17, maybe taking a deeper look into the reality that maybe this is one of the reasons or some of the reasons why I'm challenged with learning to hear the voice of God for my own life. Now, I've been doing this for going on 15 years now. You know, my first 20 years of Christianity uh, in the traditional religious uh, church structure, um, just a um, blessing. I mean, no, I have no, no uh, regrets uh, overall. I have some uh, brief ones, but overall, 
you know, being a part of a church has saved my life in numerous ways. It came at an opportune time of my life. For those of you who know my testimony, you know, I was drug addict, alcoholic, homeless, suicidal, had all kinds of health issues, uh, was going through a, a divorce in my first marriage. Uh, I mean, financially, I was ruined. I was broke, you know, living from basement to basement, sofa to sofa, on the streets, uh, and, you know, just a lot of different things. And so when I was invited to a Pentecostal church, that actually began my journey to improve my life in multiple ways. And they embraced me and taught me a lot of things. But the reality is throughout that whole experience and other churches and other denominations that I uh, uh, partook in over those 20 years, uh, to be honest with you, no one taught me how to hear the voice of God the way that I experience it today. You know, and I remember uh, God speaking to me about this when I began to learn to hear the voice of God because I had some resentments, to be honest with you. I'm like, you know, why didn't they teach me this? You know, this is deep, you know, and this is, uh, this is what it's all about, you know, and I'll never forget it when God clearly just simply began this journey with me in terms of giving me understanding as to the why it didn't happen by simply telling me two things, that they couldn't teach me what they didn't know about and that in some cases they couldn't teach me what they themselves were not experiencing. And that knowledge that I'm referring to, what they couldn't teach me about was key of knowledge instruction because that's really what it takes to teach a person how to hear the voice of God using scripture along with mental training to discern and learn from God. So this is what we're going to be going to and solving throughout this entire series. So I want to begin by giving you these 17. I'm going to read them off quickly here. And then you yourself examine yourself to see if any of these apply to you. So let's begin with number one. Number one, and these of course are not in exact order. As mentioned before, they may, there's more reasons. Some of these connect with one another. So there is no, uh, you know, uh, the reasoning of the way I have them, you know, lined up here is not from least to most important. Every single one of them are important. So let's begin with number one again. Number one is a person may just simply have a lack of belief or interest in the spiritual experience of hearing and learning from God. Number two, they may be experiencing negative beliefs that may become barriers. They have beliefs perhaps of unworthiness, sinfulness, or the notion that God no longer speaks. This also can hinder an individual's ability to consciously hear the voice of God. Number three, they may have a perception of some type of satanic influence, believing that a satanic force prevents them from experiencing God's voice can create a mental barrier to conscious divine communication. Number four, they may be experiencing unresolved inner turmoil, some type of emotional or psychological turmoil such as anxiety, depression, stress, or unresolved conflicts. These can create inner mental distractions that interfere with the clarity needed to hear the voice of God. Number five, Fear of misinterpreting their thoughts. You know, in other words, questioning, is this my voice? Is this God's voice or is it the devil's? You know, things of that nature. Number six, they may be a victim of what I refer to as bibliolatry, meaning that the belief that the Bible is the only voice of God. In other words, he doesn't speak today. And this is very unfortunate. But many people suffer from this. And because of this barrier, they don't believe that, that God can communicate with them directly. Number seven, 
rigidity in beliefs, holding rigid or dogmatic beliefs about how God communicates. In other words, no, God only speaks to certain people in certain ways, and God communicates in multiple forms. But I'm referring to in this, in this series as to hearing his voice within your mind. So I'm not talking about dreams, visions, prophecies you know, that come from other people or, or people prophesying. I'm not talking about those means at all. I'm talking about direct communication between you and God. Number eight, they may have a misplaced fear of God. A fear of God when misappropriated can create a psychological barrier to also consciously hearing God's voice. Another Number nine, impatience and a lack of a consistency in learning. They have a desire for immediate results and they have an unwillingness to do whatever it takes to learn the experience. Number 10 is exclusive selection beliefs. Believing that only specific individuals chosen by God can experience his voice. In other words, relying on religious leaders for all of their spiritual instruction. I'm talking about self-titling fivefold miniatures, what people refer to as spiritual coverings. And let me just uh, spend a few moments on this. Now, I have here Matthew chapter 23, verses 8 and 9. I also have in here uh, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1, for your own viewing and reading pleasure concerning this. Because the reality is, is that though some people may not believe this, but the, the test is, are you hearing and learning from God personally, directly, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being every single day of his life? If not, then it's possible that there is what I refer to as a veil or a covering that is causing you or that is uh, the reason why you're not experiencing and it's because your fivefold ministers, your spiritual coverings aren't truly teaching and training you how to hear the voice of God. And of course, these are the warnings that we have here that Jesus talked about when we look at the deeper meaning about who we should be calling rabbi or teacher. Because as the, as the verse here says in the screen, only one is your teacher, and that's the Christ. And it's also referred to as the one which is the Father, same individual, two different functions. We're going to talk about more about that in terms of the different functions of God in a future episode. And then in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1, this verse right here did it for me in terms of me uh, calling people uh, spiritual coverings over my life. Well, they were covering me, all right? I mean, according to their um, ability and, you know, what traditional uh, ministry or Christianity or religion teaches about the need to have that because that's how I was indoctrinated to believe. But then I came across this verse and the spiritual covering that I needed to be covered with was the Spirit of God Himself. And because I didn't have that, in other words, because I didn't hear and learn from God, I was guilty of the latter part of this verse, where it's adding sin to sin. And perhaps in a future episode, we can delve a little bit deeper into this. But if you want a lot more information about this sad reality of having a spiritual covering or a fivefold minister and believing that they are the voice of God or the main spiritual instructor for your life, well, I have two chapters that I just simply dedicated to that, to the fivefold ministry in the human traditions and also the fivefold ministry of Christ within, which we should be experiencing if we're truly hearing and learning from God. So I have two chapters in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, and I always offer those two chapters in a PDF format for free. If you're interested in, in those two chapters, you're welcome to email me at my email address below. 
and I will just make sure you mention the five-fold ministry chapters, and I'll know which ones to send you. It'll be a PDF document with both chapters so that you can read through it. And in there, I talk about what the gifts actually are that we find in Ephesians 4. And also, I talk about what it really means to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I go into detail. I define these, and we go into the, the actual practices of how they should be fulfilled. So, again, if you're interested in that content or in that document, you're welcome to email me for that. Because the reality is, if you do this, if you're continually calling pastor so-and-so your pastor, and it doesn't mean that they can't be that, but it's just the self-titling aspect of it, whether you agree with this or not, is really keeping you or hindering you and also hindering them from teaching and training you how to hear God's voice. Because there is no such thing as one gift being a pastor and one person being this. Truth be told, if you are a five-fold minister, then you should be functioning or operating all five gifts. And once you've been in front of one who does, they will teach you from beginning to end how to hear the voice of God for your own life so that you can experience a five-fold minister. In other words, Christ, the Father, that is already inherently present within you. Because the reality is, if you do this, then your natural man, or what the Bible refers to as the carnal man or the carnal mind, becomes the student. In other words, that's what's yoking with your human covering. Remember the yoking experience that I did before this episode. And allowing your mind to be permeated with this belief and practice undoubtedly results in what the Bible refers to as a toss to and fro by every wind of doctrine experience. Meaning that one day they're teaching you about this, one day they're teaching you about this, one day it's by faith, it's about, it's about gifts and it's about this. And those are all winds of doctrine, but they should only be teaching you one wind. The main wind is teaching you again how to hear and learn from God for your own life. But again, if you're interested in those two uh, chapters, just email me again at the email address below. And then number 11, inadequate key of knowledge instruction. Churches or spiritual groups that do not provide key of knowledge teachings that are purposed to experience the kingdom of God, in other words, the kingdom of heaven within your mind as the meeting and educational environment between you and God. And of course, I have a couple of verses here that kind of stress this. And again, for those of you who have read my book, The Mystery of Prayer Revealed and The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, I share that content and those uh, a little bit more deeper insight into what the key of knowledge is and why Jesus said in chapter 11 of the book of Luke in verses 30, 52 and, uh, and 53, why the religious institution or the synagogues, the rabbis, and those that were teaching in that time period, which is actually unfortunately happening in a lot of churches today, um, they had removed the key of knowledge. And what is the key of knowledge? The key of knowledge has to do with unlocking the knowledge of God within your mind. In other words, it's, it's a process of using scripture from these definitive root word perspectives as a teaching resource that is coupled with mental training of discernment to be able to hear the voice of God for your own life so that you can acquire knowledge, understanding, and wisdom from Him directly. Many churches fail to teach at that level. And as you see here in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, Jesus simply says, For you neither go in, nor do you allow those entering to go in. 
And what go in is referring to what he's talking about, the kingdom of heaven, as that verse says, which is a synonymous with the kingdom of God within our minds. Again, that was present in their minds and it's also present in our minds. Now, whether or not we are experiencing or not, or whether or not they were experienced or not, depends on who was teaching them and where they were getting their knowledge from. And then number 12, misunderstanding the divine purpose of the human spirit and mind. I refer to this as the iniquity factor. In other words, remember what iniquity is, it's misuse of the mind, which is also misuse of our spirit. Now, our life-giving spirit that is inherently present within us is not bestowed upon us by our parents, but rather it's a gift from God. In other words, when you're born as a, a child, when you're being created in your mother's womb, spirit is already present. And that spirit is not provided by your parents. It's provided by your God. And we talk about that in a future episode. And of course, I have tons of content where I talk about the inherency of the presence of God when a baby is being formed within a mother's womb in my documents of books and also in former videos. So if you're interested in that, let me know and I can direct you to where that knowledge is. Now remember, and it's something that I repeat over and over again, the original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience His mind within it as an encouraging, guiding, and teaching spirit. So a lack of understanding regarding the original purpose of your mind and His inherent spirit within you and how it's experienced through the mind can, of course, be a deterrent of pe from people experiencing the voice of God within their minds and much less, of course, learning from Him directly. And let me pause by saying this too, on this concept or this experience about hearing the voice of God. I believe that every single human being hears the voice of God in one way or another, but the problem is, is they're not conscious of it. And that's what we're gonna learn throughout this series. So, and I believe that even for people who don't believe in God, I have friends that are atheists that uh, try to indoctrinate me with their beliefs and, and try to give me, and they're really good too. They, 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 they know their stuff. They can show you what contradictions of scriptures are, and they can do all these very interesting things, show you all these ex experts and all that stuff. You know, but I believe that people like that even hear the voice of God. Now, something happened to them in their belief structure that caused them to not be non-believers. But the reality is I believe that if you are a human being, and you are alive and breathing, then the then inherent presence of the Spirit of God is within you too, whether you recognize it or not. And along with that, number 13 speaks a little more about this. In other words, you may have an unconsciousness of this reality. And what I'm referring to is that your spirit is the God-like nature that must be postured as the disciple or the student of God. Remember, we talked about this in two episodes ago in the episode that I titled, Are We Gods? And where we examine, we broke down chapter 82 of the book of Psalms, verse six, where God clearly calls us gods. And there's other verses that speak of the same experience and how we define God based off of the ancient Hebraic perspective as a deity who yokes with another to experience the power of one who teaches. That word wonder, the reason why I have it highlighted on the screen, you're gonna see it come up in some other content that we're gonna review in this episode. Number 14, many of us lack a Proverbs chapter 22, verse six, childhood training and mindset. 
We should have been taught and trained when we were children how to hear the voice of God. So a lack of awareness of this miseducations and the significance of posturing your mind in a babe state of learning are also hindrances to hearing the voice of God. And you'll see what I mean by babe state of learning here in a couple of slides after this one. Number 15, a person who struggles with hearing the voice of God and learning for him directly is definitely a result of a lack of discernment, instruction, and skill. Perhaps you haven't developed the skill to discern God's voice, in other words, his thoughts, from other thoughts or influences within your mind, nor of what is good and evil from a Genesis chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 22 perspective, which reads, then the, the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. We're going to talk, we're going to spend some time regarding this. This is actually a skill that we have inherent access to if we teach and train our minds to experience it. More on that, of course, in a future episode again. And then there's number 16, which is a lack of self-teaching. You have yet to learn that you are the most important human teacher that you will ever come across when it comes to spirituality. Your most significant mentor in your spiritual progress is actually yourself. This is the reason why I call this program Teach the Teacher. In other words, you can teach yourself how to experience the teacher within you. And then you cross over into that experience within your mind and now you have access to the most significant, the most powerful, and the most important teacher that you can ever experience regarding life and everything having to do with life. And that is the Spirit of God Himself. So even though you can acquire knowledge from people like myself and other people, the reality is only you can teach your mind to experience it. Now that can happen through techniques and different things that we're going to be sharing here and throughout this series. But the reality is you are your most important human form of teacher. And don't ever forget that. Because if you give that power away to somebody else, then you're limited to your experiences between you and God. And then there's number 17. Number 17 is that people who lack the ability to hear and learn from God for whatever reason. And, and, and of course, more importantly, learning from him directly is because they are non-meditators. A lack of understanding concerning the transformative power of meditation is really the reason why this happens. And of course, we're going to delve into this quite a bit in the upcoming episodes. So besides the numerous other benefits, Meditation helps facilitate accurate discernment and makes prayer educational and conversational. In other words, you're going to be experiencing God teaching you, and you're also going to be able to communicate with God. In other words, you're going to have conversations. This is one of the most important processes of learning from God directly. In other words, you should be hearing His voice, and He should be hearing yours, you know, for a lack of a better expression. And so in other words, conversations, just like Jesus had conversations with the Father, well, we should have conversations with the Father as well. So again, this is one of the main reasons why most people don't hear the voice of God amongst the other 16 that I shared with you. And as I mentioned earlier, I've been 
uh, I'm not sure if the word victim is the right word, but I've been affected by all of these in one way or another throughout my journey. And so when I began the journey to learn to hear the voice of God from my own life roughly 15 years ago, that's when God, the Bible, my life, and everything else began to change for me for the better. And I think that this is an experience that most Christians, most believers want to experience for every facet of their life as well. Now, what Teach the Teacher 2.0 is going to be about. Now, remember, in Teach the Teacher 1.0, I took the whole Our Father prayer in 12 sessions. And for those of you who want to know about that, you can find that in my podcast and my YouTube channel. And you'll also you can find a button for it on my website. In this series, what we're going to do is primarily focus on how we can make prayer educational. And by that, I mean, again, how you can actually be schooled or discipled by the Spirit of God himself for every facet or area of your life and for every season of your life. In other words, for every day, for everything. So if that's a desire of yours, then of course, this upcoming course that I'm going to be sharing with you is definitely for you. Now, on this slide here, I'm not going to go through this because I've shared numerous times these uh, verses, but I, I put them on here for your reading pleasure. But what we want to do is we want to examine Jesus's prayer life. In other words, we want to experience the same thing that he did. Complete, open, unhindered education between us, in other words, the individual and the Spirit of God within our minds. And so when we examine the prayer life of Jesus, of course, you know, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, which is the prophetic statement in terms of how and why he prayed. Morning by morning, the Lord awakens me. He awakens my ear to do what? Didn't say talk to God. It says to hear as to learn. And I'm sure he did some talking. But the important thing is that he was hearing first before he did talking. His hearing was based off of, or excuse me, his talking was based off of what he was hearing. Traditionally, we pray, God, I need this, bless this, I verse this. But how many of us approach prayer by, first of all, hearing God speak first? And then making our prayer requests, making them in line with what we just heard from God. More on that in a future episode. So when we examine Jesus's prayer life, you'll see there's three verses in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Mark chapter 6, verse 46, and Luke chapter 5, verse 16. And in these verses, the word pray and prayed is mentioned which actually both have the same definition, as you'll see here on the screen, which is actually the Hebraic word palal. Some resources will also include paleo hipta. And what it means is simply to judge mentally. And this is actually a uh, reference to uh, judging your thoughts. And you're going to see more about this in the discernment process when we talk about that. So to judge mentally. And then there is the more important purpose of prayer, which this definition describes, which is to come to one. There goes that word one again in authority to intercede on one's own behalf or for another. Whenever you are posturing yourself, whenever Jesus postured himself in an educational prayer uh, session, it was always to intercede for himself or for some other people, always. Now, this is important because, you know, this is what I call part of the structure of the educational aspect of God that we're going to learn about as we go forward in this series. 
And then, of course, I talked about the word yoke. And, of course, you can revisit that episode prior to this episode right before this one. And what that means when Jesus said, take my yoke and learn from me. Remember what the yoke meant, to join and work together through the eye of experience and knowledge. And I share with you some insights what that means. And of course, we're going to delve even deeper into this definition in future episodes. What does it mean to join together, to work together through the eye of experience and knowledge? And I'm going to give you a hint on your own time. Check out Psalms chapter 32, verse 8 to get the answer uh, of what I'm talking about concerning this point. Now, I want to end this episode by giving you some suggested actions, which I'm going to be doing throughout every episode. First, set an intention if this is your desire. If your goal is to experience God more intimately as a life encourager, guide, and teacher, set that as your purpose for the meditation practice that I'm going to be sharing with you with a willingness to be consistent in learning to experience it. The next suggestion I'm going to make to you is choose a quiet space, preferably in your home somewhere. And then point number three, I want you to consider adopting a childlike approach in learning what I'm about to share with you in these episodes. Meaning that when I talk about having a childlike approach, I'm talking about one that is characterized by openness, eagerness, and a desire to explore and learn. In other words, setting aside what we've learned from the past that perhaps wasn't working for us or has limited, you know, had limited experiences and learning something perhaps that is new to you. And it may be new to you, but trust me, it's not new to God. I mean, some people call this new age stuff that I'm going to share with you. And I don't, I'm not into a lot of new, uh, new age stuff at all. Truth be told, what I'm going to be sharing with you is actually old school stuff that we're going to look at the, the, the Bible and see where this stuff is at to actually teach and train, use that, that knowledge to teach and train yourself how to hear the voice of God for your own life. But we have to adopt a childlike mentality in order to experience it. And there's, let me show you the proof. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At the time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of the heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Remember the episode prior to this one. Experiencing the educational yoke of God. I explained what a, uh, this, whole, this uh, concept of being a babe a little bit more. And of course, we're going to actually see what a babe is in this next verse here that I'm sharing with you on this slide, which you'll find in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, where this is the place where Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, that's the babes, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, most people try to say that this is a reference to end time. In other words, when you passed away, making heaven. No, we miss it. He's talking about now. In other words, when you're childlike, you're open to learn. Examine your children if you have them, or if you remember yourself as a child, how eager you were to learn and how you were very, um, uh, for lack of a better expression, moldable. In other words, you are willing to learn anything that someone would teach you. And again, going back to what I was telling you before, imagine if our parents would have been taught and trained us how to hear the voice of God. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way that they should go. When they are old, they won't depart from it. That way is within our minds. And of course, I have an episode on my YouTube channel regarding that. And I apologize for the audio quality on that episode. I was having some challenges, but yet the content is still there 
on my YouTube channel. So if you want to check that episode out concerning what I mean about the childhood education that many of us miss and, and that many of our parents miss. This is part of that generational iniquity factor. Ignorance being transferred concerning how to hear and learn from God, being transferred from generation to generation. So if you want to check out that episode, you're welcome to do so. Now let's look at the word converted in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3 to get some clarity on what Jesus was teaching. That word converted from his Greek perspective means to turn back again. But when you translate that word from his Greek to Hebrew, it becomes this Hebraic word that has completely revolutionized my life called shuv. And how it's defined is to turn back to a previous state or a place where, here goes that word again, where one sits. And actually, this is the definition for the word repent. Remember when John and Jesus talking about repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand? This, the word shuv, is the Hebraic word that would have been used there when you translate it from his Greek to Hebrew. So the word repent is not always you know, asking God to forgive me and turning away from your sins and all this other stuff that most people believe that the word repent means. But the word repent is actually going back to your previous state or place where one sits. And what previous state is that? We're talking about you as a spirit. And where is that place experience? Within your mind. Remember the lowercase g. When your spirit, lowercase s, postures itself you know, before uppercase or capital S, God, the Spirit, same thing, God. When you as a God, lowercase g, posture yourself before uppercase or capital G within your mind, that's the previous state or place where you get your education from and where one sits. In other words, where God is present and where you as one sit with him like a student learning from God, like if and when you were in school. Remember the posture of learning. The most, imposture of, most important posture of learning is a sitting posture, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. So more on that as we go along. So the word repent here, it encompasses, or the word Hebraic word shuv, encompasses the idea of not just turning away from wrongdoing, but more importantly, returning to the right path and aligning oneself with God's will. And the only way that you can honestly say that you know the complete will of God for every area and every season of your life is to hear about it from Him Himself. And again, this experience can only happen within your mind. You can't find the daily will of God here. You can't find it in the scriptures. You will not. I mean, I can't find it where it says, Julio, today I want you to do this. Today I want you to think about this. Today I want you to, 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 to root this out of your life. I can't find that in here. I can find concepts about it, but in terms of direct communication, it happens here. It happens here. One of the most important branches of knowledge that I've experienced with God and continue to experience with God is that of this whole sin thing. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode. But only God can teach and train you what sin is for your life. We'll never be sinless, but you can definitely sin less. And only God can teach you how to do that in the most effective way possible. So again, more about that in the future. 
And then two other suggestion actions that I want to leave with you prior to ending this episode is I want to uh, give you two definitions for the practice of meditation and for learning the skill of discernment. And that definition that I want to share with you for meditation is to become more conscious of your thoughts. In other words, to become more aware or awakened or familiar with them, which actually interlinks with the process of discernment by this definition, which is to study your thoughts to determine their origin. So starting in the next session, we're going to begin to process these definitions. And I'm also going to be sharing with you the biblical definitions for the words discern, discernment, as well as for meditation or, and meditate uh, in the upcoming episodes as well. So in conclusion, I want to inform you that in the next episode, I'm going to briefly touch about the importance of a sitting posture as a learning posture. And then I'm going to share with you some techniques to calm your mind if you find yourself that your mind is overactive and you're not sure how to you know, discern and which one is God and which one is not. We'll talk about that. And also, I want to share with you some techniques to help you calm your mind if it's overactive. In other words, if you're having struggles with trying to focus on one thought process at a time. And then with that, I'm going to uh, share some inherent discernment characteristics that are already inherently present within you and how you can begin to develop it as a life changing skills. And along with that, I'm going to give you some clues that you're hearing from God. Remember, as I mentioned before, all humans hear from God. The question is, are we aware of it? And if we're not aware of it, then we cannot raise our consciousness or we can't posture our spirit to learn from the Spirit of God. Because again, for those, uh, those 17 reasons, there's something going on amongst those 17 that perhaps is affecting us so that we are not experiencing this presence, this learning that I'm talking about that I'm gonna be sharing with you, of course, in the future episodes. Because I, as I mentioned before, the goal of Teach to Teacher 2.0 is to teach and train yourself how to hear and learn from God just like Jesus experienced as a human being. So until the next episode, I want you to remember that the greatest learning environment that you have access to on this earth today is already inherently present within you. Jesus referred to as the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Other places of scripture, he always talked about it was called the secret place, uh, the place within. I mean, there's all different descriptions of what it is. So if you're not experiencing that educational uh, environment within your mind, then again, Teach the Teacher 2.0 may be for you. So stay encouraged and stay blessed, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.